pattern became a way of making an identity for myself. This is Anila Aga, the Pakistani-American artist whose incredible sculptures that use light and shadow were on view at the Jewel last year. This is a podcast about visual art at Auburn University. My name is Chris Molinsky, Director of Education at the Jewel. Today, we look back at a conversation with Anila Aga and Kristen Tordella Williams. This conversation was recorded in the fall of 2021 when Anila Aga's exhibition, The Weight of Black, was on view in Auburn. This is the piece in the gallery here. I start with familiar Islamic motives that I have photographed, which in due course become reinterpretations of the original designs, allowing me to infuse a contemplative focus suggestive of the underlying order of both the cosmos and the natural world through symmetries found in nature. These familiar yet never identical to the original patterns allow the large-scale sculptural installations to create universally welcoming environments through the interplay of light and shadow, while the embroidered works on paper create intimacy and the presence of the feminine. This methodology allows me to excavate and reinterpret these motifs from the everyday and elevate them to the extraordinary to reveal the complexities of symbiosis between genders, cultures, and civilizations and the amorphous borders between them all. The exhibition of Anila Aga's work in Auburn contains several room-size installations. Her sculptures are often made from steel cubes that are laser-cut, perforated to create intricate patterns of shadows. A single light on the inside of the sculpture casts those shadows all over the gallery walls, creating an immersive experience. An architecture that sticks to the walls, it also sticks to the bodies of everyone who walks through the gallery. She builds these spaces thinking actively about migration, loss, the loss of identity or the loss of home and displacement. One of the sculptures in the exhibition is titled, This is Not a Refuge. And it takes the shape of a home, a house, or a shelter that seems to be open to all. But the closer you get, you realize there's no door. There's no way in. And the intensity of the light shining from the inside is blinding. It feels more like a searchlight or an interrogation. It isn't a place of shelter. Let's pick up here and listen to the rest of the conversation between Kristen Tordella-Williams and Anila Aga. It brings me another question I had, which is about the dramatic environment that you create for viewers. And um, the lights it can be kind of aggressive and shine in your eyes, almost like a flashlight mm-hmm. or a searchlight. Um, but the space with the patterning creates um, something like a sanctuary or something that we see in Islamic architecture or in stained glass windows. Um, and it creates an awe and a beauty in us as viewers. And um, that leads me to ask you about the sense of beauty that you want to create. And is that an access point for viewers 
to, to um, enter your work, do you think, like creating that sense of beauty, or is it more about um, that bright light that shines at you? You know, is this, this this line that you create for us as viewers? I think it's a bit of both, because people, when they are defensive, mm. will not listen to you. So if you create an environment that's really beautiful and it calms you down, then you may be able to think about the layered landscape or the layered concepts or the layered um, histories that we all live with. Um, it's really hard to imagine that we, us, we did awful things in the past. Mm -hmm. How can we get over that, that defensiveness? Because immediately people will start defending themselves. Oh, I wasn't here. I wasn't even born then. So I, I personally think that I, I feel like you have to create an environment where people become soothed. Mm -hmm. Then maybe they will allow themselves to experience something that may be ugly, but you want to make a pact with yourself that you're going to do better going forward. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. it's sort of like uh, this. Um, in a way, I think uh, it's uh, something that I hope for. You know. Um, also, I, I I feel like the the work that I make, I want it to be inclusive, because you know, growing up, I kind of faced so much discrimination, both as a gendered person, but also as a cultural person. Mm -hmm. I would hate that to happen to other people, you know. And so in, a, in academic institutions, it's not so obvious. But outside, when you go into civil society, it becomes pretty more obvious. And I think that it, it's like if we educate our people and we talk about history and we show them what we can aspire to, that can kind of change the course of history, I think. I'm curious uh, about the patterning. So it seems like that's the essential um, imagery that you use in mm -hmm. your work. And so it has this element of beauty that we've been talking about. But do you feel like that it also expresses the history that you're wanting to refer to? As well as, um, to me, it seems like you're, you, you talked about this in your talk, responding to art history in the West Western world about with the use of the cube and then cutting through the cube mm -hmm. um, and, and, and literally putting this other culture in place of a solid cube in the gallery. Well, you know, when I was uh, going to grad school and I don't know if young people now have the same experience here, but we were often derided for using anything that was feminine we were supposed to make work that looked like Richard Serra's work <laughs> or Matthew Borney's work <laughs> yeah. or, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm a woman. I'm not going to make shit like that. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then also the other thing was that I didn't really have any representation yeah. in my faculty. And often they weren't familiar with my culture. And so their go-to response would often be, don't do this, do this. Mm. And I'm like, but this is me. I'm going to make what feels right to me. And so I think 
pattern became a way of making an identity for myself. I'm going to kind of figure out a way to make work that fits my paradigm, but also is beautiful, is aspirational, inspiring, and yet pretty much an object. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's so interesting is that your work is in between object and architecture because it's a sculpture, but it's porous and it Mm -hmm. casts light and it sheds light and impacts the architecture of the space that it's displayed in. So it, it, it exists in this liminal space. Yeah. And that, to me, brings it to um, that all, all the experiences you described in your talk about being an immigrant and a woman and a woman of color and then coming to the U.S. and, and um, having almost that mirage, um, the, the discovery of the mirage of the, of the myth of the United States. Um, so I think it, all these things are, are just bubbling under the surface, all these layers of your work. It's really, really wonderful you talk about. Um, But on the surface, it looks so beautiful. If somebody doesn't want to explore further, it's okay. You know, because you choose who you are. And I'm not going to be the one to deride you or refuse you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to being a community. So you talked a little bit in your in your talk about um, your love of textiles and garments. Can you share with us a little bit of your experience, maybe working in that as an industry and not um, maybe in the domestic sphere, but more in the in, in an industrial sense? So when I was growing up, um, my father, since he passed away and we didn't have insurance, I was I had to go to work. So um, I worked in the textile industry because. Pakistan at that point in time was a cotton producing country. And so I was working in factories um, designing uh, the fabric that designers from the US would send us. And then I had to translate everything. So I was the actual technical person making the textile. I was kind of called the merchandiser. And I think Aisha, one of the students, mentioned that she she was um, studying to be that. So I worked for Levi Strauss of all, of all companies <laughs> in Pakistan. And I would take that vision and translate that into actual product. Mm. And so I have about 15 years of textile experience. And at that time, I think I wanted to be a fashion designer, But then once I started working in the industry, I kind of realized I hate this because it's like (laughs) dog eat dog. Yeah. You know, it it was just um, the prices that we had to provide to the foreign companies meant that people would go hungry. And I just started hating it. But I have a lot of knowledge on textiles and machinery and industry. And that's why it's so easy for me to go to the industry to get these big projects built. So my last question before we open up the audience would be what advice would you give to young artists? Like what would you suggest? Maybe, maybe a small piece of advice. Well, there would be a lot of stuff that I could say. First, work hard. Don't think you're going to get instant fame. It took me 21 years to get here. <laughs> <laughs> And then secondly, create your own tribe. You know, you, family is family, of course, and you love them. But having people who understand where you're coming from, your art, 
and your design capabilities. You need people who support that. And so build your tribe and don't let go of them because they will be there when everybody else leaves. They'll show up at your shows yeah. <laughs> when nobody else will come. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come to your talks yeah. and nobody else will come. Yeah. I have friends who, when I had my opening and my talk in, uh, at the Emmon Carter in Fort Worth, my friend from Houston drove five hours to come visit. And then, you know, so we hung out and it's just those things that keep you kind of going. And it's really important. Thank you so much, Anila. My pleasure, Kristen. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> All museum programs, including this podcast, are made possible by listeners like you. Visit jcsm.auburn.edu to make a gift. Thanks for your support.